conversations from yesterday with Julie and Gentile. Tony, thank you hey, for coming. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, not much, not much. There's not much to do during times like this. Oh, I have tell to me about it. Can you hear me? Can you hear me well? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. You know what? Yeah, I'm to... Hold on. Let me see if I... I'm trying to get the volume on this up because I can't hear you that well. I can hear you, but it doesn't sound like you're on speaker. I'm trying to put you on speaker. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, now I hear you I... better. Now I hear you. Now you hear me better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know this. I I never expected the situation like this. Never in a million years. This is crazy. Tell me about it, man. You know what? I could have never dreamed that something like this would happen. But uh, something from a bad movie, and now it seems mm-hmm. to be uh, a reality. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen Black Mirror on Netflix, but it's basically like just a mediocre Black Mirror episode. Like, it's not fun. There's nothing exciting about it. It's just yeah. like something dystopian. Yeah, crazy times. You better believe it, man. But uh, I'm glad you're doing something that's, uh, that's positive and you're podcasting, which is awesome. I think all young mm-hmm. people should be finding their passion and, and trying to find a vehicle to, you know, get people uh, talking about different topics. And that's what you're doing. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Good on you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I can't come out of, I'm, I'm, I was thinking to myself, there's no chance I'm going to come out of this quarantine or lockdown, whatever. There's a million different synonyms for this that you can use. But I said to myself, there's no way that you can come back the same way you came in. Like you got to have, yeah, you got to have something, you got to have something important or something that you can spend your time on because in times like this, you got to realize you need something to fall back on or not necessarily something to fall back on, but you need some sort of um, vehicle to do and spend your time with. I'm glad you realize that because uh, otherwise yeah. idle time, you start losing it, man. And I think there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of mental health, especially with young people like high school kids and yeah. uh, people who, you know, obviously are, are just figuring out who they are. I think it's going to be a tough time for them, but this is going to be mm-hmm. a marker for your generation. This is going to be that, that point in history that your generation is going to talk about that you lived through it. And what it was like. Mm-hmm. So I think you guys are going to be affected by this pandemic more so than my generation or even older people. Because um, when you're young and, uh, you know, it seems like you're invincible and then something like this strikes, it really hits you hard. Yeah. Because as a young person, all of a sudden you're saying, holy shit, I may not uh, live forever. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, you know, life is fleeting. Right. So like all yeah. these these questions start arising and, and, and it makes you mature pretty quick. So I think this mm-hmm. is definitely going to be one of those uh, points in history that's going to define your generation. Yeah. I hope this is the big thing. Like this is the moment. Yeah. Hopefully there's not anything else. Yeah. Otherwise we're fucked. <laughs> if <there's>, yeah. <laughs> if there's more yeah. than this, man, it's game over. Yeah. You see murder hornets, this and that. It's just crazy. But it, yeah, it's like, death of the ego in a way you look at our generation and I look at my generation and I'm just kind of thinking to myself, there's no need to post 20 times on your Instagram story or update your Snapchat, this and that. I know I sound somewhat out of touch, but like, yeah, you need to be humbled. And I, and this is a humbling experience. It brings everyone down to the same level as, yeah. as, as I agree with dark you. and as crazy as these times are though. I don't know. Yeah, man. Like you, I you just, see it, you see it with the leaders of the world. 
Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the UK, he got yeah. this COVID-19, right? And then you look at these other world leaders who you think are super powerful, but you know what? At the end of the day, everyone's made of uh, meat and bones, man, and, and ashes yeah. to ashes and dust to dust. We're all pretty much the same uh, human beings. The only thing is I think mindset yeah. is different, right? Some people are stronger mm -hmm. than others, and you can see that pretty clearly, and you see who the real leaders are in society. That this, yeah. you know, in times of crisis... The real leaders uh, stand out apart from the crowd, right? And you're seeing that now. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, this isn't Canadian politics, but I, I'm looking at California, but I look at Gavin Newsom, the governor. It's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. What are you doing? You're telling you're telling your people to snitch on each other and things like that, and yeah. and you're and you're fostering fear in your people and and whatnot. Like that. What are you trying to do? It's yeah. Or you see. Or you see leaders local or on the federal level, whatever. They're like they're hiding and stuff. It's like you can't spread. Yeah, like fear. here in Vaughn. I, I don't know if you're you're a supporter of our mayor, but that guy's hiding, man. And you know what? I call a spade a spade. And yeah. I'll say when politicians do a good job, and unfortunately, I don't think our mayor is. I think the guy's in hiding. I think the rest of council. Now I can understand them because their average age is probably seventy-five. But you know, for mm -hmm. for the mayor who's a sixty-year-old guy. Um, the only time you see him is a screenshot of him from a, a Twitter uh, tweet or, uh, you know, some kind of post. Like the guy's not out there yeah. in front of everyone. I got to say, John Tory, the mayor of Toronto, is doing a much better job. And I think, you know, he's uh, mm -hmm. he's coming out supporting small business. Uh, he's being firm when he needs yeah. to be firm. But he's also uh, got some emotional intelligence and understands that, you know, people need to be um, he needs to be out there in front of, of this situation. So people see him and know that. He's there and he's leading. That's what people want to see. They want a visible leader with boots on the ground. That's what the military does, right? And I think a lot mm. of these politicians, especially these municipal guys, can learn from military uh, leaders. They got to read some history. Yeah. Well, I, I look at Ford. I understand the guy got a ton of flack for all the education cuts and things like that. And yeah. we're kind of coming off the back of that into this pandemic. But you look at him, it's like the, he's going in his pickup truck to pick up um, – masks and stuff yeah man and he's he's the he's real on, deal he's right there you know a lot of people give me flack yeah, for saying you um you know mm -hmm. i support ford and and it's not that i support ford it's i support what ford does right what ford mm -hmm. does as a human being um illustrates that he's a leader right it tells me that you know he's gonna he's gonna talk the talk and walk the walk where these other guys they talk the talk but they can't walk the walk right and and ford exemplifies leadership when you know the average joe sees him with his pickup truck loading masks and delivering them to those in need people can relate to that and that's that's what a lot of these these politicians these so-called leaders um need to learn they need to to be humbled in a way they need to learn servant leadership um you know they need to learn all yeah. of these skills to be true leaders mm-hmm I don't know if we have leaders anymore. I think we have, in, in a lot of cases, talking heads, just people who are telling us things, but aren't really saying much when they talk. Listen, you're, you're, that's, kind a, of that's an amazing um, point of view that you just brought up. You hit the nail on the head. Because yeah. What I noticed yeah. in this pandemic and crisis is that the leaders aren't leading. You know who's leading? The technocrats and bureaucrats, the people who are employed by the, the government are telling the elected politicians, like the mayors and the, the prime minister, mm -hmm. they're telling them what to do. It's like, listen, 
I get it. I'm not a doctor and I want to take my advice from a doctor. But, you know, when they say get a second opinion, it doesn't seem like our leaders are getting second opinions. Whatever these people are telling yeah. them, they're going with when the elected officials should just be taking their advice and making their own educated decision. We don't have that anymore in leaders. You know, like we had amazing leaders back in World War Two, good or bad. You know, you had guys uh, who were in the, the U.S. or in Britain um, who demonstrated uh, even the queen herself the queen learned how to drive a truck uh, queen elizabeth ii during world war ii and she would drive that truck full of ammunition from a factory to uh, to the ports and etc um she demonstrated true leadership and she didn't take um any orders from from diplomats or bureaucrats even though herself she's not an elected official but those were true leaders yeah you know no it's just the thing that was the most eye-opening thing for me was, like I said uh, before, I'm using kind of American examples as well, just because I, I don't really want to, I don't want this to be too local because I want this to reach as much people as, as many people as possible. Yeah. I'm already losing my grammar eight weeks into quarantine or whatever, <laughs> but yeah. Homeschooling, man. But Homeschooling. <laughs> I know. It's not very good. It's not very good. But I look at, like, when Nancy Pelosi did that ice cream video. Yeah. That was the most tone deaf thing I've ever seen. Like, come on. What are you doing? There's people. How many people filed for unemployment? And you're pointing fingers and this and that. There's like, You get to see how tone deaf people in power and people with influence are. And it's just kind of – it's just – frustrating you're right and you know 100 percent. there's more unemployment today than there was during the great depression in the 1920s and leading into the 30s more unemployment worldwide because of this pandemic right and people are gonna it's gonna be a long um a painful period after this even after they find a vaccine because businesses are gonna shut down and when those businesses shut down those small business employees are going to lose their jobs. They're not going to get retrained right away. Not everyone is going to be an e-commerce specialist or a social media influencer. So what the hell are all these people going to do? We don't have a big manufacturing base in the U.S. and Canada anymore. So, um, you know, I don't want to play politics, but I'm going to say one thing about Donald Trump. And he may not always come across as, uh, you know, the brightest guy or he may not come across as the most diplomatic guy. But one thing that he's, he's brought a lot of attention to is that you need to bring uh, local business back to the U.S. and Canada, or to the Western world, right? And, and we can't be reliant upon uh, other countries. And, you know, I'm talking about China, and no offense to the Chinese people, because I have tons of Chinese friends, but I'm talking about the Chinese uh, socialist, communist-slash-capitalist um, government, which, you know, doesn't follow any mm -hmm. of the world business rules, does whatever they want. They manufacture more counterfeits than any country in the world, and they get to get away with it when the U.S. has to follow all the rules, when Canada has to follow all the rules, when we have labor laws mm -hmm. and they have none, right? So he's brought a lot of attention to the fact that we got to level the playing field and we need to start buying local again and manufacturing local again if people want to work in this country. And young people aren't aware of that and they need to be aware of it because we've become too politically correct. And everybody wants to say the nice stuff that sounds good and that uh, makes everyone happy. But the hard truth and the hard reality is, is that sometimes you have to have some protectionist economic plans in place to protect your own domestic economy and we didn't have that in place and we saw that in canada we didn't have masks for our doctors in a first world country we should have 20 warehouses full of masks we got more land than we know what to do with in this country and yet we were ill prepared. yeah you know no i know it's 
I really worry about small businesses. They're saying that we might have a fast rebound, and I really hope so. Um, and I, you know what? I hope so, but it won't be a fast rebound for two reasons. Um, most of these small businesses have now had no income for two months. A lot of them have taken out mm-hmm. loans or lines of credit or incurred more debt. So even if, if people yeah. do come back um, and, you know, everybody's like eager to get out, I'm sure, uh, we're still going to be mm-hmm. behind the eight ball because people are in, in bigger debt than they've ever been in Canada as one of the G8 countries has the most uh, personal debt ratios out of all the G8. So people here carry more debt than any of the industrialized countries in the world. Yeah. That was before COVID-19. I can't, I really feel for the small businesses. It's like one of the most, one of the most respectable things you can do is create a job for another person. And now they're going to be like almost punished in a way. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just sad to see. Yeah, man. And that's very people talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, um, with the like doing podcasts over the phone, you never know when somebody's about to say something. So I'm like, yeah, no worries. Go ahead. Yeah. So. No, and I kind of worry about um big business, and I know it's kind of a cliche at this point, but I worry about these large businesses just monopolizing things like that and then still getting off scot-free meanwhile there's like people who are trying to make something of their life or trying to open up a small business and they can't because it's just too challenging absolutely and you hit the nail crazy. on the head like costco it's it's a mammoth business mm-hmm. they made uh, 1.5 yeah. billion dollars in revenue last year and they never closed down. And I'm not just talking about Woodbridge or Canada. I'm talking about worldwide during this pandemic. They never closed down, even when reported cases mm-hmm. of COVID-19 have come out of these Costco stores. Why is that? I'm going to tell you why. And I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but because people like Bill mm-hmm. Gates are on the board of Costco, mm-hmm. they have shares in Costco. And when you we're talking big influence like that, mm-hmm. you can't just go shut those people mm-hmm. down. Right. Whereas a mom and pop shop, uh, Joe and Tony's uh, barber shop is easy to shut down. Right. Those people can't fight yeah. the big man, the government. Right. Whereas, you know, when you got big influential companies like Costco, they call the shots and you hit the nail on the head. That's a super mature thing that you said. Um, and, and I couldn't agree with you more is that one of the most noble things you can do is create a job. That's the beautiful thing about capitalism. And a lot of people don't mm-hmm. get that. We get to create jobs in this capitalist system. And unfortunately, that yeah. ability was forcibly taken away from us when the government shut down basically the entire non-essential economy. But you know what? It's a little bit what I realized during this whole thing is like the whole essential versus non-essential thing. It's like kind of condescending in a way for people of power to just be like, yeah, you know what? Is this really essential? You guys aren't essential. So it's like this person's whole livelihood, their whole thing just got just got told that it it basically doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, I don't I don't get I don't get the methodology and I don't get the logic. There was no logic. I'm gonna tell you. So you know essential businesses. A realtor was considered essential, although nobody was going to to list homes, show homes, do open houses, but a realtor was considered essential. Dry cleaners were considered yeah. essential. Um, like all these mm-hmm. these these businesses, 
um, the liquor store, obviously essential, a pot shop, essential, uh, like just, you know, when you mm-hmm. really think about it and you just, you, you apply common sense, there is no common sense to, to or rhyme or reason to how they decided what was essential and what was non-essential. Right. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it was really, it's going to be interesting to look back and when people start asking questions about how they decided what was essential and non-essential, it's going to be interesting to see what those answers are because it really doesn't make any sense. You're right. Yeah. I I know this. You've been promoting these um, N95 masks. Yeah, man. You got uh, it. So N95, everyone talks about is it N95. Is it N95 certified? What's N95 so I just did a I did an Instagram post trying to explain that. And what I'm doing is because I run youth soccer uh, leagues and youth sport leagues. So um, mm-hmm. the idea came to me because I saw some of the pros training in Europe on their own wearing these masks. And uh, Nike, the big athletic apparel um, company, designed mm-hmm. a prototype of this, this carbon filter N95 grade mask. It wasn't officially N95 because... The official N95 uh, license comes from 3N, another conglomerate, massive company that owns everything. So they sort of trademarked N95. So for you to use N95, um, you have to basically be 3M or a company that's been licensed by 3M to use N95. But basically what it means is that it prevents 95% of the particles that cause uh, infection or dust or uh, anything in the air to get through the mask. So it prevents, it's a shield. It's a 95% shield uh, to any kind of particles that would uh, cause infection for you to, to respirate and cause infection in your lungs. Um, so that means there's basically a 5% chance that you could still catch something, but hey, I'll go with the 95% odds. So that's why everyone wants these 95 N95 masks. So anyways, um, you know, I want to keep my kids playing because my own kids are rep soccer players. And I said, you know, what can we do to, to try and get these kids to still get outside, get some vitamin D, not be locked up and be playing uh, FIFA and PlayStation all day long, not being on TikTok all day long. Yeah. So I came up with, with the, the N95 sports mask idea, ventilated, washable, reusable uh, with a, an N95 grade carbon filter. So I can't say it's N95, but it's N95 grade filter, which basically means same type of material that they use in a, an N95 mask. And I designed it here locally. Um, we put together a couple of prototypes. I had my kids test pilot it. It was amazing. They played soccer for an hour. They could breathe. It's it's uh, ventilated. Um, it felt good. It's got a Velcro strap. So it's a custom design um, that I'm, I've just applied for a patent on it as well. And now we're starting to distribute it. And we're distributing it to Americans mostly because our dollar's in the shitter. So the Canadian dollar is worth nothing right yeah. now. And so Americans, when they buy my mask, they save 30 to 40%. And they also can't get any of these masks from China because there's a halt on shipping from China, especially for any kind of PPE equipment. Yeah. So that's where it all came from. And now it's just taken on a life of its own. It's become a family business. I've got my kids uh, working on it. They're contacting people. They're contacting uh, nail salons, hair salons, barber shops. Uh, they got a database of everyone in the city and, and, and basically they're inside sales reps and they're selling to, to everyone who's getting ready to reopen their businesses. Because the reality is, is that probably for the next six months, people are going to have to wear masks in public and these things are comfortable. They're safe. And, um, 
they're a unique original design which nobody has and and they're affordable made in canada so that's what i'm doing with them man yeah no it's it's cool and i like how you mentioned that the canadian dollar is kind of in the dumps right now and throughout this it's kind of opened up my eyes and i just kind of think about the awkward little brother relationship that canada has on the global scale and i just is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Sometimes right I now wonder. it's a great thing. It's if just you're like, a Canadian and you're not taking advantage right. of this, then you know what can, yeah. Canada has always been the little brother, the little cousin um, to the United States. Always been. There was a, a book yeah. written way back um, called The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz. It's probably not studied in school anymore. But you know it, the Americans, and there was also a, an American cousin book and movie. Uh, we are the little cousin, the little brother to the U.S. And I'm okay with that because you can take advantage of that today. If you're a small manufacturer, there's never been a better time to make money than right now because we are today China to the USA. And what do I mean we're China? We're cheap labor, cheap product. We're at 40% off. We're on sale by 40%. Every American wants our products yeah. because they know we have the same quality, the same specs, the same engineering that they do in the U.S., but all we have is this little border that is separating us from them. So you know what? Um, they're ready to buy, and they are buying. And I'm, I'm telling you, Shopify, the Internet, and e-commerce has leveled the playing field. Globalization is amazing for this. And, like, you yeah. can literally start a mom-and-pop manufacturing shop in your basement and sell to the U.S. and market to the U.S., whereas 20 years ago that never would have happened. Right. So so for me, I yeah. look at it as advantageous. We'll never be the big brother because we only have 30 million people in this country and they got 350 million. We're never going to catch up. We got mm. the landmass, but we don't got the population. So, you know, you, you got to go with yeah. the odds and the odds right now are I'm the little brother, but I'm going to take advantage of being the little brother. That's how you got to look at it. And that's the entrepreneurial mindset the Canadians should have. But we don't have an entrepreneurial mindset here. Young people don't. And the government is, mm -hmm. is sort of getting people used to socialism. They're giving everyone two grand a month, making them feel comfortable at home. When we should be aggressive and on the attack and say, yeah. you know what? We're going to go conquer the Americans. We're going to conquer the U.S. in terms of business, not in terms of, of war and, and conquering land, but in terms of business. I want young people to get excited and get out there and do everything that they possibly can to make money because money is not bad. People do bad stuff with money, but money is not bad. If you use money wisely, listen, the more the merrier, the more people that get rich in this country, the better it is because it's rich people who employ people, create jobs and give to um, charities. Like all our hospitals are supported by benefactors. People don't know that, but benefactors give all these hospitals like sick yeah. kids hundreds of millions of dollars a year and if it wasn't for them making money that would never happen yeah i i worry about the element of complacency in our people like i look at sweden and stuff like that i think after after somebody makes 70k their income is taxed 70 percent. i would leave like, i would I leave. i'm close to leaving canada by the way I've born, bred, everything in Canada, but I, I want to move to the U.S. The only thing that, that holds me back, and I swear to God, because if I go to the U.S., I could become 100 times bigger, is, is my family and my parents being here. If it were not for my family, I yeah. would apply for my green card. I'd open a business. I'd be an American citizen. Not that I'm not happy with Canada because it's 
a phenomenal country. But business-wise, there's no better place in the world to do business than the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, but going back to the the tax rate, like, I don't care if you're liberal, conservative, libertarian. I don't get that. Yeah. Labels at yeah. the end of the day. That is criminal. Yeah. Like, 70%. Because we accept it. You're not entitled we to that. It. We Canadians say sorry, thank you, uh, whatever you want to do. Like, look at now, man. They closed our businesses. Um, they, they basically shut down the country without any real evidence that, you know, shutting everything down was effective. Because if you look at Sweden, who didn't shut down completely on a per capita basis, they had the same amounts of debt. So we accept 50% mm-hmm. tax rate. And we just move on. We do our thing. We're polite people. We're Canadians. It's stupidity, but it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. That label, it's 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 annoying how we can kind of take it on the chin. Yeah, I agree. And just, yeah, I don't know. And we never question our leaders. These guys are in power, and sometimes they do corrupt things and irresponsible things, but we just let it go. Like, how many times have these guys been consistently wrong? And they still keep a you straight face, and they still. Um, See, but you're yeah. You're, 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 you're a critical it, thinker. Like, you're an analytical guy. I can I can tell already. You're a young, wise young dude, man. <laughs> Most young people don't think that way, right? And that's why they get away with all the crap they get away with because no one questions them. We're, we're not critical thinkers as a whole in this country, but you are. You're the minority, and I always say it. You know what? Unfortunately, um, they're going to keep controlling our population as long as the smart, critical thinkers of the minority, right? And that's the unfortunate thing here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, well, for me, when you overthink as much as I do, eventually you start to critically think. Ah, because of just all the time spent observing other people and looking at other people and kind of looking at how they behave and how they yeah. operate. But it's just like, you just have to sit and wonder. And I get it. Young people, they want to have their fun. They want to do their thing. But it's like in between all that, you can you can make observations. That That's a perfectly okay thing to do. You're not you're not going to be the like one kid out of the group just because you made an observation or just because you decided to critically think on something. It's just I, I worry about our generation sometimes. That's awesome, man. I sound no, like a but grandpa. You're, you're a wise, I sound like a grandpa, dude, but... man. And you know what? We need more more young people like you. Because if we had more young people like you, our country would be in good hands. But, you know, unfortunately, um, our country is somewhat oppressed. Because, like you said, these guys keep making mistakes at the top, and the masses just keep following. It's like, it's insane. Like, when the hell is it going to end? Yeah. You know, the Roman Empire, all the Caesars, there were multiple Caesars. Actually, there were you know, tons of dozens of Caesars that ran the Roman empire. And they used to say the masses are asses. Mm -hmm. That's what the Caesars used to say. They knew it. You know how they kept their people under control, bread and circuses. They used to go to the Colosseum. They used to run a few lions out at some of those gladiators. The Colosseum would have 50,000 people in there and they'd let them in for free. They'd give them all free bread and wine. And people would say, wow, Caesar is amazing. Rome is an amazing place. And yet they would tax the shit out of them, right? And 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 the masses didn't even know it. The masses didn't even know it. You know, so that's yeah. the reality still today, 2,000 years later. Well, if you can kind of keep the smoke and mirrors up and, I mean, keep people content 
to the point where they don't get aggressive. That's yeah. the sweet spot. And I feel like we're there almost. Or we're coming to I that I don't point. know, man. I don't know. I, in Canada, gonna, I, don't, I don't think, we're so. just gonna I think people are docile in Canada. And I think people are subservient in Canada. And, um, you know, people say, oh, it's the Canadian way to say thank you and please and excuse me. And maybe it is, but it's not the right way. It may be the Canadian way, but not the right way. Hmm. What do you mean by the right way? Do you mean right as in just like objective? Yeah, I'm not, like, I don't mean right um, as in a political view because you seem yeah, to I don't be, mean as in like yeah. a partisan way. I don't mean like left or right socialist or mm-hmm. conservative. I mean yeah. right as in the just way to do things is it just to just accept what you're being told and and do or is it just to to think about Mm -hmm. what you're being told and you know react based on your own um examination of what you're being told right i think you it's good to have some healthy opposition to authority right and we don't have that here in canada we don't have a, Mm -hmm. a healthy opposition to authority we were very complacent like you said um, and that is a scary spot to be in because, um, you know, it's, it leads to socialism. Right. And, and, you know, we you know, for history buffs and people who know about socialism and history in the past, you look at communist communist Russia, the USSR, look at Cuba, another, you know, socialist country, been socialist forever. That country stuck in, in third world country stuck uh, in the 1950s. They just got Internet. Um, so, you know, it's it's a very uh, slippery slope. So we got to be careful as Canadians. Yeah, I, I, you seem to be a really big yeah, I history, love history buff. You seem to know, yeah, is that a hobby for you or uh, more both. like a passion? So it started because, because my grandfather uh, served in the Italian infantry in World War II. And, um, you know, although as a kid growing up, he, he talked about the war nonstop. And I, I didn't realize it, but he probably had post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, because he spent seven years with bombs falling Mm -hmm. on his head, and he told me all the stories of the bombs falling on his head. He told me the story of his brother being captured by the the Nazis when Italy turned uh, sides, and he was supposed to be executed. And, you know, two days before they were going to shoot him at the firing, uh, by the firing squad, the the English uh, paratroopers came in, and they rescued them in this prison camp so like all those war stories got me really interested in history and as a kid but listening to those stories i got curious mm-hmm. and i want to know about the second world war and then you know i got curious about the vietnam war i got curious about the bay of pigs in cuba when mm-hmm. castro took over and you know history and economics have always been my two areas of interest and i'm still interested um like the other day, because, you know, obviously we're yeah. in this quarantine and my sleep is all thrown off. I watched this amazing documentary on Queen Elizabeth mm. um, growing up during the World War II era and all the things that she did and why she's an amazing leader. And uh, it was just like mind blowing for me. Um, so it, it's a passion and an interest. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you don't learn the lessons of history, you're you're doomed to repeat history. And, and you know, I see that all the time. Right. So, you know, that's why I tell young people, you got to learn yeah. about history, you... not to make the same mistakes over and over again. What do you mean by um, I see this happening? Like, in what ways do you see history? Repeating itself, you know, like, listen, you know, it hasn't been that long that I'll give you an example. Um, you know, in the U.S. just the other day, I don't know if you heard about it on the news, a father and a son uh, shot an African-American guy who was jogging. OK, yeah, that has been happening. Yeah, in that, the U.S. Was... for 300 years, okay, since slavery, 
All right. How is it that in the year 2020, shit like that still happens? These guys shoot a jogger. Okay. A guy who's jogging, he happens to be African American. Um, they get into a scuffle and they take a shotgun out of the back of their pickup truck and shoot this guy. You know, how does this stuff keep mm-hmm. happening? How? You know, it, it's a lack of education. It's a lack of progress. Um, it's a lack of emotional intelligence. It's a lack of knowledge in terms of social justice. Um, and it just keeps happening. And I just think, again, you know, we are not sensitive to issues that should be like racism should be almost eradicated by now. We've been through, um, you know, the marches in the South. We've been through um uh, Rodney King, I don't know if you know who he is. In, in uh, the early 1990s, there were these things called the L.A. riots. If you look back, it, it, was, it was pretty yeah, interesting yeah. times. So, yeah. you know, they beat the, the LAPD beat the shit out of Rodney King. It was filmed on camera. And cops still do that stuff. I'm not saying every cop. I have a lot of cop friends. They're good people generally. Yeah. But it still happens. And we hear about it in the news frequently. Yeah. But there's right. always so the how does this egg. continue to happen over and over and over again? I don't know. It's it's a it's a difficult thing to sit on. It just doesn't. I don't. I don't. I genuinely don't know. Like that is that thing that happened in the U.S. I just don't understand how, like you said, how that could happen. Like it's just yeah. illogical. Yeah. To its very core, yeah. if you wanna if you wanna take the emotion out of it, like it just absolutely. What are you doing? I feel like Sebastian Maniscalco when I <laughs> but say you're that. Right. Like, you're right. You're right. It's like, doing? what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Like, it is unbelievable. Yeah. It's not... You're not going to accomplish anything. You're not going anywhere. Just... It's so... Violence doesn't no, but get it's people like, you know, anywhere. What have it we learned from history? We know that it doesn't get us anywhere. It causes more, mm-hmm. more grief than yeah. it does anything else. And it, it, it creates greater divides amongst yeah. cultures and races. If this COVID-19 thing has taught us one thing is that it doesn't matter what color you are or continent you come from, we are all equal in that this thing can kill us mm-hmm. equally. White, black, Asian, doesn't matter what race you are, it will kill you mm-hmm. equally. And if that is not the great common denominator, then, as I said before, the masses are truly asses and the Romans had it right. You know? mm-hmm. No, like, yeah, this has just brought everyone to its knee, to the to their knees, and everyone's just kind of humbled by this. And if you're not, then get yeah, get things you together. Got you got it. Yeah, I I see you on the I see you on Instagram because I I don't like to come show up to these podcasts or whatever unprepared or, or not prepared. I, I'm not an interviewer. I'm not stern or somebody who has to like prep, but uh, I like to, I like to know a little bit about the person yeah. before I, I talk to them. And I see you, you're always, you're hustling on Instagram. You're always making these <laughs> videos. It's just, it's, no, don't man. you get tired? You know what someone said to me the other day, they said, um, no, you know, I don't know. Someone, you know, people always take shots at you. And, and I've, I've learned that you, you got to roll with the punches, mm-hmm. right? So I don't, allow people to get me down because if, if you know you listen to everyone's crap and you, you internalize it that'll bring you down but I was just telling someone the other day the only thing I really need is three things and the three essential things you need to live a good life and you may need more like some people need uh, spirituality and God etc cetera, etc cetera. but what I need is vitamin D mm-hmm. 
I need um, good socialization, a strong family unit, um, and good food, right? You, you got to mm-hmm. try and eat naturally, uh, yeah. have a good solid grounding in terms of your family and friends, um, get some vitamin D and exercise. If you have those things in your life, you're golden. And, you know, stay regimented. Like I like I was telling you before about my grandfather, one of the reasons I'm so disciplined is because he raised me and my father raised me in a very old-fashioned disciplinarian kind of way. Like it was no bullshit. It was my way or the belt, and that was it. There was no uh, children's aid. Uh, there was none of that shit back then. Um, you know, and I feel for kids. I don't want kids to ever be abused. But, you know, yeah. our, our Italian immigrant parents had no problem uh, hitting you in the head with a shoe or or, you know, giving you 10 licks of the uh, the belt. And, and I got to tell you, I'm a better man because of it. Yeah. You know, and I, I have no scars or or anything like that. I think, you know, it made me a, a tougher man and it made me be able mm. to endure a lot of, like, you know, business obstacles and personal obstacles and everything else. So, um, yeah, man, I just I, I'm high energy. Um, I believe in discipline and and I believe that, you know, like, uh, you know, I was telling my kids teacher the other day because. She said she didn't think my kid put 100% into some assignment. I said, I agree with you. I don't tolerate laziness at all. If she thought one hour was enough, she should have put two hours into it, three hours into it. So I push myself. I push my kids. And, and that's my mantra, yeah. right? You, you always give it your best and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I worry about the drive, like the collective drive of people um, in our world or in our country, yeah. locally, whatever that may be. I just, it's just like everyone's yeah, on a low sometimes. I agree. It's like, we're just, yeah, we're okay. But like, yeah. not in a good way. We're just content. Yeah, You hit the nail um, on the head. People are discontent. You're right. Uh, and we've, we're not, we're not thriving. We're just, I don't want to say surviving because no, that no, rhymes right. and kind of right. silly, but, um, yeah. Yeah, just getting. We're by. just you know, getting. I never by. wanted that for my life because I always believed that I could do more, I can do better, mm-hmm. and I still believe that. You know what? Until I'm, I'm, I'm dust, man. I'm gonna keep going because I think every day is a learning opportunity, yeah. and every day I can do better, and I can better myself, better my family, my community, and the world. And and you know what? I'm just, I'm never content. That's that's what it is about me. If if I think I've achieved the pinnacle, I know I haven't. Mm-hmm. I know there's always more. Right. And, you know, some people say, oh, you know, it's about chasing money or yeah. this or that. It's not about chasing money, but money is something that you can measure. You know, right now, the people who have money are in charge of the world. OK, you got no money. You're at the mercy of everyone. Yeah. OK, so I never want to be in that position where I got to worry about mm-hmm. being at the mercy of the government or of a boss or of somebody else. I want to be able to say, you know what, I can take care of myself and my family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, ambition is liberating. You need to have that, and people don't have that. And then I see people wonder why they're stuck and things like that. And I mean, I get it. Life is tough. Life, yeah. life can get you down. But you gotta, you gotta get going. You're right. Get that ball rolling. Do something. I don't know. I'm talking into a mic, and I'm I'm trying to do something. And you're doing amazing, so, man. You're doing amazing. There's I gotta endless tell you, opportunities. You know and there's... This is one of Thank the, you. the best interviews, yeah. and I've done a bunch of interviews because I do podcasts and stuff. But you're mm. you're like a very thoughtful, yeah, um, smart young guy, man, and I, I appreciate that. I like talking to people like that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sometimes I worry about the the novelty 
uh, of being a young person. It's like, oh, a young, ambitious person. But maybe one day uh, when I'm older, I'll just be like, he's a thoughtful person, not a young, thoughtful person. So I'm trying to make the most out of this this young good man time i have now because people look at them yeah. like they yeah. appreciate that yeah the advantage of youth is mm-hmm. that um yeah. you know you have uh time and the most precious commodity on earth is time man there's you know it's it's not uh it's not forever mm-hmm. there's a, a countdown clock so you know take advantage yeah. of that youth and energy that you have while you're young mm-hmm. no i got and like well, what am I gonna do? I'm I'm gonna watch I'm gonna binge watch a show on Netflix. I can't even get I can't even get through something nowadays, and I have all the time. So I'm on it. So I got it. I see you on your Instagram. You're always saying, "Get off your ass and, and stop watching Netflix." What's no man, Netflix? I wish I would have bought Amazon Netflix guy, stock because I seen that shit coming. I seen that shit coming, but yeah. I didn't invest in that one. No, yeah. when I say don't watch Netflix. It's it's basically me just saying, you know, don't waste yeah. your time. Don't, and, you know, I know everyone has some guilty pleasures. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, listen, just just yesterday I watched mm-hmm. episode one and two of The Sopranos. I haven't watched any TV really during this quarantine. And some were flipping through Netflix. I seen The Sopranos. I said, listen, I want to I want to show you the show because it's mm-hmm. amazing. And I think it it aired originally I've been, in 99. I've been but you know what? Phenomenal show, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's stereotypical of Italians, but yeah, I've I don't been, give a I'll, shit. It's amazing. No, I'm, I'm going to be honest. The one show I'm watching right oh, now is The man. Sopranos. I, I've been on Crave I'm, I, just because they took Goodfellas off of Netflix. And I'm like, I'm just that disappointed. The Sopranos is I awesome. I need something. I love I, it. I need something amazing to watch. Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's heavy, it's but heavy, you know what? Though. I got to tell you, but when James I watched that show... Yeah. The guy who created the show, um, David Chase, and that's not his real last name because he's Italian. Um, I'm telling you, I connect with yeah. everything he says. If you watch episode one and two, man, I feel like it's it's the Italian immigrant truth. It is the Bible for Italian immigrants um, yeah. who are in Canada or the U.S. And it is heavy, but you know, I relate to it so much, and I think yeah. your generation will relate less. But my generation, man, it is spot on. And mm-hmm. it, you know, if you're if you're forty plus, you're gonna relate to that show. Yeah, just <laughs> well, don't whack anybody. You know, moving forward, you mean, right? That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, people are people are afraid to make jokes. Everyone, yeah, too politically correct. You can't say shit anymore just... because everybody's gonna be on your case. You know what? No. Those are insecure people who grew up mm-hmm. insecure, had insecure parents, mm-hmm. and they never taught them to be confident young people. If you want to be a successful person, it's all in your child yeah. rearing. If you're not reared properly between the ages of 3 and 12, you're screwed. You need to build self-confidence through, during those formative mm-hmm. years. And if your parents don't give you that confidence, nobody will. And that's you know that's a big problem in society today. And that's mm-hmm. why you see these kids who are, are constantly depressed. And, you know, I, I understand clinical depression may not have to come from your mm-hmm. rearing. Sometimes it's a natural no, chemical yeah. imbalance. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I see a lot of kids mm-hmm. with tons of potential who just their parents don't push them, man. You got to push people to achieve their limits and beyond. And we don't do that anymore. We coddle yeah. people today. Mm-hmm. I, it, 
that this PC culture, like eventually it's going to get to the point where you say anything, you're just, you're ignored completely. Like something out of Black Mirror in 1984 or whatever. I know I've kind of referenced that throughout the episodes that I've done before and I don't want to get too repetitive, but I just worry about PC you're culture. Right. We can't become too soft. We have, right. why are you going to waste your time correcting someone? Like, come on, the, the, like you gotta, you gotta Agreed, go. Man. You gotta do something. Read a book. Go for a jog. Call your parents. Do something. Like, so what? Somebody said something. It just it frustrates me. Well, you know, I, like I, I always say it, and I hate to say it, but I just um, don't get know, it. The reason kids are fucked up is because their parents are fucked up. And, and you know, I see it not just you mm. know here in Woodbridge where I live, but I see it everywhere in the city of Toronto, Maple, everywhere. You know what? Parents got to grow up before their yeah. kids can grow up. And that is the big problem that we have in today's society. And, you know, mm-hmm. parents want to be friends with their kids. So, you know, that's where mm-hmm. the political correctness starts uh, by trying to be your kid's friend and not their their uh, disciplinarian, not their uh, teacher in life, not their mentor in life. You're your child's primary educator. And I don't see parents doing that, man. You know, and that that's a big problem that we have. And that's mm-hmm. where political correctness comes from. When you want to be your kid's friend, then you give in to all this this PC bullcrap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, parenting is parenting is big, and parenting I feel like with technology and everything in the media, it's become like, oh, parenting is the most respectable and um, important job. It's like I get that, but if you flaunt it, then it it, it changes no, it's, it's what a it joke. is. It's like. That's that's somebody's upbringing. When we were growing up, I was telling my kids, my parents went to work and, you know, I I was Mm -hmm. left alone. I think me and my brother, my brother was like 12 and I was six and we were on our own at home. We cooked for ourselves. We did whatever we had to do. We never thought anything of it. We never thought, hey, how could you leave a six and 12 year old at home? My parents had to go to work. They were immigrant parents. And we learned to grow up. We learned how to cook. We learned how to clean. Mm -hmm. We learned how to work. We were, you know, we became we became men fast. And that doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We There's a constant desire to put labels on things. Or if, if something happens, this is a problem. We can't just let things, let, let things be in a way and just kind of understand and observe. Everything's got to be, oh, 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 it's a problem here. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. We, that can't happen. Sometimes, I, I, some, sometimes, I know it sounds stupid to say, but I envy the 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 freedom of young of old generations of how they could just ride their bikes uh, on a weekend with their friends I and not have to worry about yeah. um, a story. I, I just told my kids that the other day. I said I feel sorry for you guys We're, that you guys live in this shitty world filled with this PlayStation mm-hmm. garbage and TikTok and being like you know robots. We were free, man. You just said it. Jump mm-hmm. on your bike and go, and you know I didn't have to worry about. Um, all the, the the constraints of today's world and and the fear like that fear didn't exist man we were free and i'm telling you growing up in the 70s 80s and 90s was amazing it was amazing i tell my kids all the time i feel sorry for you guys because you're never going to mm. taste that yeah you know? it's just we're living in a bubble it's i don't i don't know yeah I saw you. Um, you were gonna have an an interview with Mauricio Babalacqua. What happened? There? He shit his pants. Going back to that, he was supposed to be on uh, my. Basically, it was an interview. Hmm. Um, and fifteen minutes before, his assistant um, yeah. called uh, 
one of the guys who I always uh, do my podcast with. He's an amazing uh, sports podcaster, Luca Rosano, and um, he does something called the Water Boy Report. Uh, anyways, his assistant calls Luca and says, "Listen, uh, we mm-hmm. can't do it. We got to reschedule. Um, you know, I'm sorry. Um, something came up." And so he stiffed me. So I tried calling him numerous times. I had Luca mm-hmm. reach out to his assistant. We never got a call back. We never got an apology. We never got anything. And you know what? Like that to me is the lowest possible blow that you can do. At the end of the day, I'm still a citizen here in the city of Bonn. And I pay taxes. I run a business. I employ people here mm-hmm. in the city of Bonn. And he completely ignores me. And that is a trait and character of a flawed personality and not not someone who I would call my leader and not a civic leader for sure. And actually, you know what? I, I would say that anybody who who behaves in that way um, is really not a model for any citizen. Um, and, you know, being a mayor, you need to be a role model. And that is the poorest display of behavior I've ever seen. Yeah. That's just, it's very off-putting. You don't... You got it. You don't do that. Did you have, like, hot questions prepared? Like, what what were the so, questions that you, you were going to ask I just wanted to know, what was he going to do for small business? Like, basic stuff. Like, not, nothing controversial. I wasn't, you know, out to get him in any way. I just wanted to know, like, what was his plan for small mm-hmm. business uh, during this COVID-19 situation? What did the city have in place? Um you know, did, were there going to be any special programs for for small business owners or, or citizens? Um, like even to this day, like I still don't know what the hell he's doing for the city. And, you know, we still have have libraries that are closed. We have community centers that are closed, but we're not getting a discount on our taxes. We didn't get a deferral of property taxes. We mm-hmm. continue to pay the same rate, even though we haven't received the same services. Mm-hmm. He's never discussed that. So he only, you know, he caters to his his people who are retired yeah. people collecting a pension who did get their taxes deferred, right? But the 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 big portion of the population, which mm-hmm. obviously doesn't go vote, um, you know, he's ignored. And he go he caters to his crowd, which is the over 60 crowd, yeah. the pensioners, and they're the ones who go out and vote for him. And the rest of us, I guess, you know what? He doesn't have an interest in us. Yeah. The... We can't, we're just like stopping right now. It doesn't, we're just, there's no game plan. It's just, let's, let's stop right now. Even if we don't have the facts and this right. and that, let's just stop. But we don't, but we don't have, there's no game plan. We just have talking heads saying we're going to do nothing. You got it, man. There's you, nothing coming yeah, out of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they are. They're talking heads. They don't have their own game plan. We got no direction. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're just going through things aimlessly, aimlessly. And, you know, he's not being a leader and providing any direction whatsoever. But, you know, this is when I always say, um, look at some of these other mayors. Look at Patrick Brown in Brampton. Look at John Tory in Toronto. These guys are out in front and they're on CBC and City TV every day giving reports and direction and, you know, uh, scolding us when we need to be scolded. And, and that's what I want from my leaders. You know, like John Tory was saying, you know, don't go take advantage of this little bit of freedom we've given you. Be responsible. Social distance if you go to Home Depot. Don't be crawling all over each other. That's what you need from a mayor. And he's not doing that. Bevilacqua is not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with, like, 
leaders making controversial decisions here and there and reopening and all this topic. I see the media. They're carnivorous. They're just, they're going, you can't do anything right. There's no right decision that can be made because at every turn, yeah, there's going to be a problem somewhere. Like, we don't have a game plan. How many people are starving right now? How many people um, don't have a place to stay? How many people are unemployed? How many people are just living off government like compensation or stimulus or whatever there's no plan yes. it's frustrating i agree with you man there is no plan no no roadmap nothing whatsoever like listen i'm not saying that i'm right all the time and i will accept fault for when i'm wrong but make a freaking decision and yeah. go with it if you're wrong apologize later but don't be sitting on the fence this is what i cannot stand about the liberals yeah. and i'll be honest with you you know my parents and every italian immigrant were liberal because trudeau let them into the mm. goddamn country but you know what Today, the liberals are on the wrong course. They're fence sitters, and I cannot stand fence sitters. Make a damn decision mm -hmm. and go with it. If you're wrong, own up to it later. But, you know, the liberals are not willing to do that. And that is the problem I have mm -hmm. with, you know, liberal mayors like Bevilacqua and, and, and Trudeau and all these other guys. You know, they're, they're just they're fence sitters. You see Trudeau, he comes out two minutes, yeah. says his little speech, runs back into his cubbyhole. You know, and, and, and I just... He, he's never um, strong on any point. Even the way he speaks is weak, and it bothers me. And you know what? People say, oh, you're insensitive, this, that, and the other. I don't care what they say because I want a strong leader. I don't want a leader who's whimpering and, and you know, fence-sitting. That, to me, is not a leader. That's a, that's a pure bureaucratic type of politician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I mentioned in my... Um... In my, in my, I had to do a solo episode. I couldn't secure a guest, you know. I'm not exactly uh, Jimmy Fallon. You're getting there, man, because you're, you're really good. I could talk to you. But before. not yet, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to do this long form. I, I, just, I don't come to interview people. I found when I did that, I tried to do it for a couple of the episodes. I just did my guests a disservice because right. you don't really get to see who they are as people. So I'm just going to like make it, I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to make it chill. But um, I mentioned in my solo episode, how we kind of have this centrist movement. Everybody, everybody left and right. I get, I get it. We can be more nuanced than red or blue or blue and red. But the centrist movement bothers me because we just have a bunch of people um, enjoying the idea of the conversation. The conversation is great pushing for right. the dialogue but you're not doing anything it, it just becomes it just becomes a big thing of everyone patting each other on the back it comes to a certain point where things need yeah. to be said you can't just sit in the middle appreciating I both agree. sides we're, we're like referees man that's what canada's becoming a bunch of referees you know we don't want to be players we don't want to be that clutch player have you been watching the last dance at all you into basketball no, no. I oh, I'm a big basketball fan. I just can't okay, like, so, get into binge watching a series. Right so, now, I've been you know, one of the big things about Michael Jordan. Stuff. Anybody who knows basketball, you know, you guys a clutch player. Like he would take that shot. He want the shot. He wanted to be the guy with uh, you know mm -hmm. one second or no time on the clock, and yeah. and you know his shot is going to make or break the uh, the team and and win the game. And, and that's what I want from our leaders. I want that type of guy. And you know what? No, you know, Michael Jordan missed more shots than he made. 
Do you think people remember that in history? Do people say, oh, Jordan was a, a crappy three-point shooter? He missed more three-points no. than he made. But people remember the big ones. You know, they always say, oh, that's the one that got the, the Bulls to the playoffs. That's the mm-hmm. one that, uh, you know, took out uh, the Detroit Pistons. Um, that's what people remember. You got it. That's what people yeah, remember. They the don't jazz. care if you miss 10 times. You just need mm-hmm. to make that one big hit. And, and that's what I want from our leaders. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, obviously. we don't need recklessness. Yeah, though. obviously. You know, I'm not saying, we you know, need, with disregard yeah. for, for anything. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, it, it's yeah. like taking a calculated risk in business. You know, business, there's no guarantees when you go into business. No guarantees. Mm-hmm. But if you take a calculated risk and you work yeah. hard and you water the plant and give it some sunshine, you should come out on the other side as a winner, mm-hmm. right? And it's always a calculated risk. That's what you need to take. Same thing in politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a good point. We don't we don't have decision makers. We just have um we just have talkers and people yeah. who like to sit on sit on news shows talking about how great they are. Meanwhile, there's there's a problem that they're not addressing. It's just become a lot of it's a it's a buzzword nowadays, but a lot of virtue signaling. Everyone's just let's give let's high five yeah. each other, let's give stickers to each other, let's celebrate the one moment. But it's like if you're in a position of influence and a position of power, do something. There's always there's always another obstacle. Nothing like you can't just that's that's why I kind of people kind of compared LeBron to Michael Jordan and stuff. But I respect the tenacity of Michael Jordan. I respect yeah, the, the killer be killed yep. instinct of Michael Jordan. I get that LeBron's a dominant force and stuff, but he doesn't have yep. that that killer mentality. You're right. He doesn't have that ruthlessness in a way, which makes such an such effective um, right. leaders or um, yeah, you- athletes. And things like you that. hit the nail on the head. You like, need that, know, again, that sort of bring it back to Jordan. But for Jordan, it was a win at all costs mm-hmm. attitude. You know, for him, you know, yeah. he, he didn't, he never wanted to lose. It was always about winning, you know, and people said he was driven and he was, um, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes compulsive and um, he had all these character flaws. But for him, his objective was if mm-hmm. I'm going to play pro basketball, I want to be the yeah. best there ever was. I'm going to work every day to get better and I'm going to make this team a championship team and win. And that was the end end result, you know. So that's what we're missing from yeah. today's society: people like that. One hundred percent. It's just something isn't right. I question. I when I look at like politicians, for example, or or anyone in a position of power, sometimes I wonder what the real motivation is. I just look and I'm saying, okay, but but why? I get but what drives you to stand in front of a podium and say speeches um, right. for a while, like for your whole career. What drives you to argue with people? What, what are you doing? Is it for the people or is it for an yeah. inner desire? Is it for something like that? Yeah, there's always I, ulterior I question motives. the motives. Always. I don't. For everyone and everything that they do. And you know what? I do mm-hmm. say you got to respect politicians mm-hmm. because if you go into public life, you do got to give up a lot. But um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of personal sacrifice. 
Yes, right. I, no, no, and that's why I'm, I'm saying, not trying you know, to diss anyone. Think, oh, I, I, say, but... I, I, you know, I bash the mayor, yeah. or this or that. No. no, no, I have a lot of respect for people in public life because they got to give up a lot of their own mm. uh, personal freedoms and and, and a lot more. Mm. But if you're going to be in it, you got to do it for the right mm-hmm. reasons, and you can't pick and choose yeah. um, who uh, is going to benefit from your position, right? And that's that's the thing that I find a problem with uh, today's politics, especially. Yeah, it's just I there's questions that everyone needs to have and people need to ask them and we can't be afraid. Um, but nowadays, if if you say something that that might be that might be tough or that might be a little bit hard, then it's automatically um, attempted character right. assassination or you're trying to go after the person. And it's like we got to. Yeah, you've got to realize that it's not, it's not about that. Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Tony. Okay, man. We're creeping up on an hour. I understand you're a busy guy. you got a family. Thanks Thank for having for me. Listen, it was it was an amazing experience. It. Keep up the great uh, work you you're doing, man. I'm really proud no of you. Problem. So, um, you know, I look forward to your, your future episodes. Thank you. And uh, Thank you. keep up the good Thank work you. being so thoughtful. And I'm not going to call you a young man anymore because you spoke mm-hmm. to me like a man. So, good man. Great job. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have any... Um, Thanks yeah, for listen, shout you know out before we people, close off. Especially young people, because I got you know nieces and nephews same age as you. Um, I want to tell people that listen, we're gonna make it through this. And, and mm-hmm. like I said before, uh, you gotta have the mental um, strength and mindset to say this is only temporary. Pain is usually only temporary, and we're gonna get through. There's gonna be light at the end of the tunnel, um, even though it is it is pretty. Um, tough right now especially since we've been in quarantine for over 50 days but there will be a light at the end of the tunnel it's not just a cliche uh we've been through tough times before you know i've, I've seen 9 11 um you know the iraqi war a whole bunch of things happen and you know as tough as those things were the world came through them and we're going to come through this one too okay so be strong everyone mm-hmm. thanks man you thank too. you Tony. all the best stay safe out there Take care. Thanks for listening.